Hello, friends, and welcome to another Tuesday edition of Bill Allen's Live Facebook Studies. If you're watching live, welcome. Glad to have you. Uh, hopefully, you are having a good week, and it started off well for you. Today, in our Facebook study, as we do every Tuesday, uh, we are looking at the book by Oswald Chambers, a daily devotional guide entitled My Utmost for His Highest. It's been around a long time, and I hope that uh, you are reading along with me or that you have read it before or have that on your list of books one day to read. Um, I love daily devotional guides like Sarah Young's Jesus Calling and uh, the Daily Bible by uh, F. Lagarde Smith in chronological order. That's a great one as well. And uh, the two I'm looking at this year uh, on Thursdays, of course, is the Songs of Jesus, a book on the Psalms, a daily devotional book by uh, Tim and Kathy Keller. But on Thursdays, we're looking at this great book by Oswald Chambers, this classic devotional guide, My Utmost for His Highest. So hello to Eric and Cindy Mosley, wonderful, dear, lovely, terrific friends that I enjoyed getting to talk to you the other day. Um, and our, after our worship service, was uh, what a great blessing that was. Look forward to uh, doing that more in the future. Uh, but for now, I'm, I'm very thankful and glad that we get to study together a few times a week, including these uh, Facebook studies on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, today, we look at a incredible passage of Scripture from Joshua 24 that you very likely have on a plaque or a um, in a framed picture or somewhere in your house. But we'll get to that in just a minute. We start today with this um, scripture from Matthew chapter 7. And it's one of those that um, uh, Matthew 7, I was talking about this in our Bible class on Sunday evening. Matthew 7 verse 1, I think, has become the new John 3.16. You know, it used to be everybody knew John 3.16 and quoted it a lot. Nowadays, with our current culture, it seems Matthew 7 verse 1 is the verse that everybody turns to. And that's the one that says, judge not, that you be not judged. <laughs> Once you start that one, everyone knows how it finishes. And the reason we hear it a lot is because people who don't want to live by the Bible quote that one verse as if that's the only verse in the Bible. Well, that's not even the only verse in that chapter. <laughs> Matthew 7 is a chapter that calls on us to, yes, be very cautious about being judgmental, but it doesn't say not to make judgments. In fact, it gives us guidelines on how to do that. The parable that Jesus tells right after that great verse in Matthew 7 verse 1 is to uh, don't try to take the speck out of your brother or sister's eyes if you've got a plank in your own. And we're very familiar with that one too, but Jesus goes on to say, first take the plank out of your eye, then you can see clearly to help your brother or sister take that speck out of theirs. And so it's not a call to not judge, to not help, uh, to not be concerned with how others are living their lives, but it's a call to do that cautiously, yes, humbly, absolutely, based in the word of God and not your own opinions, yes, but, but do that because that's what we need from each other. And we're gonna see that in this lesson today as well. Throughout the rest of Matthew 7, Jesus gives guidance on how we can be obedient. That's a very judgmental statement, but Jesus calls us to be obedient so much so that he says that 
the ones, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, Matthew 7, verse 21, not everyone that calls on him as Lord uh, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That's a statement in that same chapter of Matthew 7. And there's another statement in there before that one, and that's Matthew 7, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, and not by the wide gate. Enter by the narrow path, and not the wide superhighway. Jesus says, because the, the way that leads to destruction is, is wide. It's got all kinds of lanes, and lots of people get on it. And we certainly see that in today's world. But he also says that narrow is the path and the gate, and, and it's difficult that way that leads to life, but it leads to life. I hope you're on that narrow path. I hope you're on that path that maybe sometimes is a difficult one to stay on. Um, Oswald Chambers writes, if we're going to live as disciples of Jesus, we have to remember that all efforts of worth and excellence are difficult. I love the first sentence in the great Scott Peck book, uh, The Road Less Traveled. He simply says, life is difficult, and it is. And sometimes naming the name of Christ doesn't make it less difficult. It actually makes it more difficult because sometimes taking the, the right path is the narrow path. And the reason that so many more want to get on the other one is because it's easier. It's easier. That's not always the right way to go. Uh, Chambers says the Christian life is gloriously difficult. I don't know about that. But its difficulty does not make us faint and cave in. It stirs us to overcome. The great Mendisa song from just a few years back, Overcomers, uh, that's such a great, great thought. And taken right out of that uh, passage in Romans 8, we are more than conquerors through him who calls us. And, and we have overcome the difficulties that this life brings, and we've overcome the difficulties that comes with living a life faithfully before God. And uh, God, like a good parent, doesn't save us from all the hard things. Um, scripture says in Philippians chapter 2 that we are to work out our salvation with everyday practical living, but it is God who is at work within us, that passage says in Philippians 2. And so we look to him for the strength to be able to overcome, to be able to, to be uh, faithful and to not choose the easy path, but to choose the path that Jesus has called us to go to. Thank God he does give us difficult things. Um, his salvation is a joyous thing, but it is also something that requires bravery, courage, and holiness. It tests us. For all we are worth and the reason it does that is because this world is evil and Satan is actively trying to persuade us to turn away from God to get off that narrow difficult path and get on the easy road get on the super highway with everybody else and we're definitely tempted uh, to do that but God gives us his grace to be faithful but it's our choice and that's where we go back to our friend Joshua the man who uh, took over the leadership of God's people after Moses went up on Mount Nebo, knowing that he would never come down. And Joshua became the leader who would guide the people of Israel across the Jordan River and into the Promised Land. Moses got to see it, but he didn't get to go live in it. 
Well, as Joshua was challenging the people not long before he gave up that leadership role, he called on them with those immortal words in Joshua 24, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Uh, whether it's the gods of, around us in the, in the lives of the people around us or the gods of Egypt from whence we came all those years ago, or he said, the Lord God, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It's that great statement that's seen on many plaques and many homes, on walls, on desks, bookshelves. We have one ourselves up on our wall as you come into our house. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. A person's will is embodied in the actions of the whole person. I cannot give up my will. I exercise it, putting it into action. I must will to obey. Um, Chambers writes, your choice must be a deliberate determination. And I think that's exactly right. It is not something into which you will automatically drift. Obedience doesn't come naturally. Obedience is something that we do out of our will. We, we decide to do that. It's something we do deliberately. We choose, as Joshua challenged, we choose for ourselves each day whom we will serve, which God will be our God. And you can't say, well, I don't have a God. I don't believe in God. Well, then your God, you want to see a picture of your God? Just look in the mirror because that's who you're serving. Joshua said, it's not ourselves we should serve. It's not the gods of the land. And certainly it's not the gods of this land in our country in 21st century America. Nor is it ourselves that we should put up as to be our God. But it is the Lord, the creator and sustainer of the universe, the Savior, Jesus Christ, of all who will be saved. Um, we must choose for ourselves each day whom to serve. And that is a deliberate act of the will, a deliberate determination. Openly declare to Christ, I will be faithful. Um, freely declare to him, I will serve you. As Joshua claimed and asked, who will you serve? You get to choose. Choose the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and in that same chapter of Joshua 24, Joshua almost taunted the people and, and said to them, you cannot serve the Lord. When he challenged them, they said, oh, yes, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. But Joshua, was it was like he was saying, really? You're kidding me, right? You think you can? You, you haven't been able to do that. But during Joshua's days, yes, they had their issues and their problems, but Joshua was a great leader, and the people were very motivated to serve God and to trust him to conquer the promised land that Moses had been leading them to for four decades. And now Joshua led them across the river, and there they were. But the people in the land didn't just say, okay, well, here you go. <laughs> they had to take that land that was rightfully theirs from the will of God. And so Joshua, and yet they did. They did. And so Joshua tells them, look, are you really going to serve the Lord? And they said, oh, no, yes, we will. We will. And it seems like in Joshua 24, this was not something impulsive. It wasn't like the people in Moses' day who who really just didn't really, it seems, put their whole hearts into 
being obedient. And that's why so many of them died in the wilderness and in the desert. Only Joshua and Caleb were faithful and made it out through all of those years, 40 years after being delivered from Egypt and then entered into the promised land. Uh, the people in Joshua's day at the end of his life, they said, yes, but we will serve the Lord. And this is a deliberate commitment. And, and it seems like they did. Uh, they did. But we might ask ourselves, does God really call me uh, to serve him? Uh, surely he doesn't mean me, but he does. And you may say, yeah, but I'm so weak. I'm, I really, nobody knows me. I don't have any great, of those great and wonderful gifts that so many others I see have. He can't mean me, but he does. He does mean you. And I'm reminded of that great passage in 2 Corinthians 12 when Paul talks about that mysterious thorn in his flesh, whatever it was. Paul thought that if he got rid of it, if God would take it away, that he could be a much better minister. He could be a much better servant, a much better missionary. And God said, no, no, my grace is sufficient for you. And so Paul said, well, that's good enough for me. When I am weak, then I am strong. And I hope you know today that maybe you won't ever be the big hero that Joshua was or that Moses was. Uh, maybe you don't see yourself in that role, but however you see yourself, hear the call of Joshua, choose, choose. Choose for yourself today whom you will serve. If it's yourself, if it's the immorality and idolatry and selfishness and materialism of the people of our land? Or will it be the Lord God, the one who gave his life on a cross so that you would have the opportunity to make this choice? Let it be a deliberate determination of your will and make it every day. Be one of those who is faithful to God throughout and be around others who are as well. Uh, it's easy to get lazy, isn't it? It's easy to get spiritually lazy. I've been working out in the mornings and it's my clock goes off at 530 uh, when that fitness center that I go to opens up and I get ready and then I go out there and I I do some weights and I do a little bit of walking and, and uh, boy, I tell you, it's sure easy to turn that clock off and say, forget it today. And unfortunately, we can do the same thing in our spiritual lives. We're all capable of being spiritually lazy saints. We're all capable of turning our backs on that choice that we made to serve the Lord. It takes, it takes a, a deliberate determination and decision every day. That's hard. Life is difficult. The spiritual life and faithfulness to God is difficult, and that's why we need each other. That's why that scripture passage in Hebrews 10 is there. Don't neglect or forsake worshiping together, assembling together to worship. I realize the pandemic hit us hard and there are a lot of folks that are still waiting to get back into it and I get that. But there will come a time when that's what you need to do. Why do you need to do that? Well, not so that you'll get some box checked off of your scorecard, but it's because you need to be around your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's, that's the whole reason for the church. God could have put us out there individually and said, sink or swim on your own, but he didn't do that. Why? Because he knew that it's hard to make that choice every day 
in the midst of a world that is evil, in the midst of a world that is on the wide path, the super highway to destruction rather than the narrow path to life. And that's the whole purpose of the church is to encourage each other to make that choice, take that deliberate decision of the will every day to serve the Lord, just as Joshua did. Um, Oswald Chambers writes, to live a distant, withdrawn, and secluded life is diametrically opposed to spirituality as Jesus Christ taught it. And that's the truth. I hope you're connected to a church somewhere. I hope it's a church that believes that the Bible is the inspired word of God and that Jesus Christ is Lord and that we are called to live obediently and faithfully uh, trusting in him. We sang that great song Sunday, Trust and Obey. And I realize we can't be perfect and won't be. I realize that we will have be sinners. All have sinned, scripture says, and fall short. And that includes you, my friend, and that includes me. But there's still Joshua calling upon us to choose for ourselves this day whom we will serve. I hope that you will do what Joshua says. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. May God bless you in making that deliberate decision, choosing to do that as a specific act of your will every single day. I'll see you Thursday. God bless.